And then when she tells Cheery, she's like, oh, you must be so brave. Freaking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. All right, let me flip the light on if I can remember where it was. Oh, my God. Bruce, what happened? What? The casino was trashed. What do you mean, what? We weren't here. Nobody was really overseeing anything around here. Uh, oh, my God. Dude, there is blue milk and green breadcrumbs, like, everywhere. Oh my gosh, you know that means we're going to have to clean all this up. How There's did, no way. Why, did you, why didn't you give the droids the parameters to clean everything? I was just so excited about the movie and we were going and I, I don't know. I just didn't even think about it. Just I really, didn't, I didn't think it would turn out this bad because I didn't feel like anybody would be in the casino anyway. They'd be all seeing The Force Awakens. Yeah, I thought so. this is, ugh, I don't want to clean this up again. Well, you're, I'm not going to be the only one to do it. Let's just forget about it and then just yeah. go talk about The Force Awakens again. Yeah, we'll clean it up tomorrow. It'll still be here. Enjoy your stay at What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, Funny Club. Welcome, scoundrels, to the Cloud City Casino. We welcome all fandom here amongst the clouds. I'm Bruce Gibson, your co-host, and we have our other co-host, who is also the administrator of this fine facility, Michael Morris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So it's about time that uh, we talk the second part of this movie, since we went on so much about in the last one, and we decided not to clean up the casino. We'll do it tomorrow morning, because we really just want to talk through the rest of this movie, right? Yeah, but actually, I, I got that covered. Don't worry about it. We oh, don't, so don't got to clean this. Oh, so you, you, we can reprogram the droids then? No, not quite. I okay. um, I, I told the uh, Ugnaughts, don't, just, just don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's okay. going to be great. I love Ugnaughts. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of them up here, so you can enjoy that. <laughs> I'll call in sick tomorrow for that. Um, okay, so where we left off last time, ta- and, and here's the here's the great thing. Mm-hmm. I can talk even more about this movie than I did last time for two reasons. One, I'm not sick anymore. Yeah, that's important. That's important. And two, <laughs> I saw it again. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I saw it a third time. And I saw it for a sixth time. I'm so jealous. <laughs> but that's okay, because I got an uh, early preview of Rogue One. I was invited by Lucasfilm. Out, no, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I can only dream. <laughs> they don't have anything to show us, probably, anyway. But anyway. So, where do we leave off? Last time we were talking about the interrogation scene. Yeah, the right? second one with Ray, not the first one with Poe. Right, the second one with Ray, where she's using her newly discovered force powers to fend off Kylo Ren and his mind probe, trying to go into her mind, where she's saying that he's scared. I love that line, mm-hmm. that he's scared, because she's just pointing it out to him. You know, you're, you're kind of a wimp right now. You're, you're scared, aren't you? And he's like, uh, Mr. Tough Guy, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he backs up, and he's, uh, he was not expecting that. What, so what do you think about to all of that? And I, and I think we may have covered it um, on our last episode, but we'll just kind of... We'll, we'll we'll go back through that just a little bit. I mean, what do you what do you think about her being able to fend him off, and then and then be able to uh, to get into his head even? Um, I I like the scene because I like the idea of her. Uh, he can't just 
come in and, and go into her mind and pull out information like he could with anyone else. It shows that she's strong with the Force. But it's a little awkward to me that she's so she seems to know what to do without ever being trained. And that's, that's, that's a theme throughout the movie. Of course, the force has awakened in her. So I, I can make reasonings in my mind and, and kind of right. figure out why she's getting that way. And that's what I do for a lot of things. Honestly, I plot holes and things don't really bother me because I like to kind of fill in the blanks myself. Well, and figure it out. Well, yeah, but let's, let's say that that's not a plot hole as much no. as it's just unexplained. A plot hole is something that, undoes the plot where something specifically is not you know it, it kind of contradicts something else that happens uh this is just something that's unexplained her them not telling you oh hey this is because of this or whatever that's just what that is the films rarely give you everything it's just a matter of how how big was the thing that you weren't given and in this case Myself, I don't know about you, but I, I think that a lot of this is is build up. That a lot of this is saying, "Hey, hold on, you'll you'll get the you'll get the answers in, in the next one or the one after that." And maybe not. Who knows? I mean, we might not, and then we'll just have to kind of reevaluate at that point. But I don't know. My, myself personally, I think that's just you know. Let, let's just see why, because I, I think that. I think that there's going to be sort of some explanation. My, my opinion is that she had already been trained in the force somewhat before she was left on Jakku. Well, I think we kind of discussed that a little bit um, the last episode. It's mm -hmm. like suppressed memories. Like right. maybe she had been trained at a young age and then suppressed those memories. And, and now it's just those that training is coming back to her and her subconscious, not even really being aware of it. Right, right. And so shortly after this, now we actually see that uh, Kylo goes to speak with Snoke about her. Yes. And I think we kind of got a little bit out of order now that I'm thinking about from some of the stuff we talked about earlier. But, you know, he goes to talk to Snoke about her and explain. And then uh, Hux comes in sells him down the river, basically saying like, oh, you know, the the droid is obviously in the hands of the resistance now uh, because Kylo let that happen and he said that he could get the information from the girl. Looks like that didn't happen. He's like, so I'm going to go blow up the Hosnian system. And Snoke's like, cool, do that. Yes, and then Snoke says to Kylo Ren, if it's true what you're telling me about this girl, bring her to me. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. To me, they really were hearkening back to that old uh, Empire Strikes Back, where Vader comes and, and kneels down, and the hologram starts up and everything like that. I don't know. It just kind of looked a lot like that to me. So just uh, another little callback there, I think. Yeah, it's it's very interesting how this movie picks up as if there's all these things that happened prior to it that we're not aware of, and in a lot of ways, uh, there this could be an episode 10, 11, and 12. I mean, it feels like there could have been even a middle trilogy in between the original and this one because we've advanced so far into the future and all of a sudden it's like, there's this First Order and there's this guy Snoke and there's all these things that we're just learning. I mean, it's great. I'm gl glad it just didn't pick up as if like Return of the Jedi happened the day before and nothing has changed. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I hear you. It's um, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot for as far as the books, video games, comics, all of that. There's a lot of room for them to tell a ton of stories coming up, which I think is is really cool because I've been enjoying specifically the Disney publishing stuff. I've really been enjoying that. I was not able to finish Lost Stars before the film started, but I am almost finished with it now, and I've been just devouring that book. So, I, so that's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You like it? It's I I do like it. There's a few things where I'm just like, eh. but um, for what it is, I I kind of give it a pass, and I think as as a whole, it's it's been very very good. Few minor quibbles that. I, you know, I have to even say, I'm like, eh, I don't care for this. And then you have to go, it's a young adult novel. And I go, okay, fine. Yeah. And then I have to just kind of move on with it. Uh, but that's, that's just the nature of what it is. I can't expect it to be something else. So, but, but I really like it. I, I really do. So the next scene after Snoke, I think is the one where Ray uh, uses her mind tricks against the stormtrooper, the James Bond stormtrooper. Yes, 007. <laughs> now, did you recognize that was him initially? Uh, I do not think so, no. Because when I went to see it the second time, I remember re- I knew he was on the set mm-hmm. and he apparently played a, was in a Stormtrooper outfit, but I didn't even think about the first time I saw it. The second time I had read that scene uh, right. featured him. But I don't even know if that's really been officially confirmed. Like I hear like they kind of wink, wink at you. Like, oh, I don't know if that's, that's not necessarily Daniel Craig in there. We didn't say that is ha ha. I have not heard it confidentially or confidentially. <laughs> I have not yeah. heard it officially confirmed yet. Yeah. I haven't either, but, but it, it's mm-hmm. the rumors are very strong and in, in support that it is. And, and actually the way he walks, I can yeah. see Daniel Craig. Yeah. You can tell. <laughs> Cause that, that was honest when he dropped his gun and everything he's, he has that, that frame of Daniel Craig. And he also has, or to me, at least it sounds like he has a British accent where the rest of them do not. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, it certainly sounds like it's Daniel Craig to me. So, yeah. And going back again, it's that, how does she know how to use a mind trick? She, you know, we've never, she didn't even seem to be aware that she knew how to use the force. And now that she knows how to fight against Kylo Ren's mind probe is one thing, but another to just randomly come up with the idea of, Oh, I can use a Jedi mind trick. Well, here, here's the thing that you have to keep in mind. You have to remember, she's heard a lot. For instance, when they talk about, Oh, Han Solo. And she's like, Oh, the smuggler, he, he did the Kessel run in 14 parsecs. So it's, it's quite possible, you know, and she said, oh, the Jedi are myth. It's quite possible she's heard a lot of these myths about the Jedi, and she heard about, oh, the Jedi, they could uh, trick people with their mind. And so she's trying to think, okay, how do I need to do this? Let me try and see if I can do that, since clearly I'm noticing that I have this connection to these powers. So, Well, I'm glad you said that. That was my first impression. I remember the first time mm-hmm. I saw it, I thought, how does she know? Oh, she's probably heard about it. Now that she knows she's strong right. as the Force, she's trying it. Right. There's but now I've since heard that she may have picked up on it because when she was in Kylo's head. Right. She yeah. We talked about that last episode that uh, that may have been something that she found in there that she may have been like, oh, this is this is a handy little information. I'll grab this. Or maybe that's where she realized that she could kind of get in. And so she tried something similar. You know, when she was trying to fight off Kylo, she realized that she was able to go into his head. And then she thought, well, let me try to go into his he- uh, the stormtrooper's head as well. Right. There, there are several explanations that 
I, to me, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, work just fine. I think mm-hmm. any of those three explanations are perfectly fine. And people say, oh, well, you know, they should have given us one. No, you don't have to have it. You know, you don't always have to have the film go, okay, well, hold on a second. Let me stop here and tell you. you know, that's the worst thing in the world to me is films that have the uh, the expositional dialogue. And, you know, you'll get them a lot of times where it's the police officer who's like, oh, who would have thought that he was so desperate that he, he pulled the gun out from in his car? And you're like, thanks, officer, exposition. You right. know, like, that's their only job. And I can't, I just can't stand expositional dialogue that's yeah that goes back to what i was saying i like filling in the blanks right i like just kind of doing that on my own and it is what it is Mm -hmm. i mean there's certain things in stories you just have to accept that you know well there's a reason for this we're not giving it on a silver platter there's a reason like you said there's so many different reasons that are valid that could support why she would knows and maybe we will find out more about that in the next film or if not in films they may do something like that with some some books or comics for instance we never got what necessarily happened to Owen and Baru. You know what I mean? Like when you think back to the, uh, to a new hope, we know that we clearly, we know that they've like there's skeletons and there's fire, but do we know that they came in as like flame troopers and burnt them down or were they shot and killed and dragged out there and then they burnt the evidence? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I know that's kind of a little more, minor but we there's lots of things like that that was just the first thing that popped no, in right. my head you could take anything right and right. we could examine it yeah it, Aunt Peru and Uncle Owen like what mm-hmm. happened to them we just all assume it's stormtroopers but maybe it wasn't maybe it was Tuscan Raiders that came in and put the place on fire and drug them out you know I'm not I mean of course I'm mm-hmm. sure it's stormtroopers but yeah we there not all the answers are there exactly mm-hmm. what happened well there was even a theory there for a while that uh, potentially Boba Fett had done it. Yep. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so point being, you don't always get all the details. It's just important to say, is this impossible? Like, is this kind of a giant leap? No, not really. Not if you consider this, this, or this. Then, okay, it's fine. She's heard of the Jedi before. Luke had never even heard of Jedi. Right. So it, it's quite possible. But... um so moving on, I know we have the whole little scene where BB-8 comes rolling up to the, the tarp. Yes, this he, was the, that was he, so. He undresses R2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first time, and, and I'm, I may be remember, remembering incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure I said the first time. I'm like, don't let that be R2 or something <laughs> along those lines, or maybe I just thought it. Why didn't you uh. want that to be R2? I was just kind of bummed because I I knew what would ha- had happened by that point, and I just that like like I've said beforehand, that was the one thing that even noticing from the trailers, I'm like, we're not seeing any R2 or C3PO. That is not good to me because they've, you know, George always said, oh okay, they're they're the ones who are the the constant through the films, and even though I felt like we should have got more C3PO in the in the prequel trilogy. We we definitely got plenty of R two, and in this one we really hardly got either of of them. And I was just kind of just kind of like, uh, uh-huh. you know, I mean, that's don't get me wrong, enjoyed the film, loved it. Um, and I understand that you know sometimes you just got to go. All right, well, you can't have everything you want. I get it, but I did want more R two. Yeah, I've all I was always under the impression growing up because uh, George made a comment about this. The Star Wars saga really follows uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. They'll be in every movie. Like, they're the ones that are there throughout 
all the different movies and are are following the story along. Right. But it, like you mentioned, the prequels didn't. It wasn't quite like that. We didn't get a whole lot of right. CGI, especially in the Phantom Menace, and and then um, and now in this one, they're they're almost like short little cameos. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a whole lot to do in these films. And again, maybe we'll see more of them in the next one. But I did like, I, I like hearing the audience's reaction as soon as R2 is revealed. Every time I've seen it, there's kind of this like, oh, there's R2. You can hear people like, yay, right. there he is, you know. But then it's like, but he's not doing anything. He's not even turned <laughs> right. on. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. And I'll even say back to the prequel films, I, I really feel like that they were misused in those. I, I think that a lot of, you know, not not to sit here and try to, to get into a prequel discussion, but I, I will say George tried to go with Jar Jar for the humor in The Phantom Menace, and it's like, well, if he would have brought in R2 and 3PO sooner, had them be more prevalent, and could kind of bounce some of that humor around, then possibly Jar Jar would not have been quite as hated. Maybe uh, it's just my thoughts, but just the point point I'm making is that I don't think this is the first time that we've got less R2 and 3PO. I, I just I think that it would have been a little bit nicer to see them. But I know there's lots of people who, you know, even say, "Oh, I can't believe that they're in every film. Like it just doesn't make sense that they should be there constantly." But whatever. It's everyone I think probably has their own opinion on it. I just would like more R2. It's well, and a lot of times R2 is associated even with Luke Skywalker, and since we didn't get much Luke Skywalker, maybe that's why we'll see more of the two of them in the next film. Because R2 did go... Wait, yeah. did he? Yes, yeah, he did go with Chewie, Ray. Yeah, it was Chewie, R2, and, um, and Ray that, that made yeah. the, the trip there. So, But in that scene, you know, BB rolls up and starts beeping, and, you know, of course, we have uh, C-3PO come up to, to sort of explain what what's going on and and essentially he says oh it's unlikely that r2 would have the missing uh map in his uh his memory banks or whatever and um you know he's he's been in low power mode ever since master luke left you know so giving you that that exposition there um which was it was a little heavy-handed but then again just because we didn't have even still, people were going, wait, what? What's going on? This is a little confusing. So maybe it wasn't, still wasn't quite as clear as it needed to be. But but yeah, so he basically tells you, you know, you're supposed to infer from that. Okay, he asked, hey, you got the rest of this map? Nartu's like, silent. And then 3PO was like, nah, he, he, don't, he don't got that. Right, which I'm thinking, okay, so when they find Luke, R2-D2 will come back on, which we find out later right. is not the case. But that's what I'm thinking at that point. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to see R2 until until they find Luke. But uh, just this just reminded me of the red arm on C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not explained why he has a red arm. But um, Oh, I got some good. So, you know, I told you I, I still find something every time. I found some new stuff in my sixth viewing. So okay, well, that. hold off on that. Right, I'll, right. I'll, I'll make a quick point on something. Mm-hmm. So we watched uh, Attack of the Clones not that long ago, and I think it was, I can't remember which daughter it was, but one of them was saying to me, wait, the whole thing with C-3PO doesn't make sense. When they found him on Tatooine, he wasn't gold. He was silver. And then later on, all of a sudden, he's silver. When did... 
I mean, he's gold. They're like, how do you go from silver to gold and why? And when did that happen? And who did that? And, and, and why was it even necessary? Like they're asking me all these questions. I'm like, just because why it's the same thing with the red arm it's like do we really need to explain the red arm i guess obviously something happened and then uh and you mentioned the last show his arm got replaced right because it was back to gold again so what'd you pick mm-hmm. up on the sixth viewing let's let's just wait let's wait, okay. let's wait okay. till we get there so that um, comes later yeah it's gonna it's gonna come later but it's good uh i was i was like oh I think well, I know what that's you're interesting. Yeah, I did post it on Facebook. So if you've seen that, maybe then, that's what it is. I know there's yeah. something I remember. Okay, yeah. go on. So, <laughs> and then uh, after that, we get that attack briefing, which yes. is very reminiscent to the ones that we've we've seen before with A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. But what did you think of of the attack briefing? This whole scene. Um, I liked it because it had that feel from mm-hmm. the old that they're all like stand around planning this whole thing and they show the Death Star. I, I, I thought it was cool to see the Death Star, an image of it. And then of course, <laughs> right. Starkiller base is so much bigger and they're like, oh, it's so much bigger. And Han's like, so it's bigger or whatever. Right. <laughs> you see, know? And I, I liked that how it was, I felt like Han was sort of the audience. It, like, like they were sort of doing some uh, third wall breaking there being like, yeah, yeah, we did another Death Star, but it's not really. And then Han's like, so what? It's bigger. Like, like basically saying like, it's the same thing. whoop do you do You know, I just thought he was sort of doing a great job of playing that cynical audience member. Yeah. Like he, he does quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then I think it's uh, Poe, like, you know, well, we can just go in there. And he says, yeah, I like this guy. Or, no, well, no it maybe was it was Finn. Finn. Finn's like, it he's was- like, yeah, he's like, but I got to get on the ground. He's like, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it, it was, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Also, if you saw the the one bearded pilot is actually Snap Wexley, who was Timon Wexley in Aftermath. Oh, no, wait. Whoa, wait. Now you're blowing my mind here. <laughs> So, okay, the bearded pilot. Is this the one that's played by Greg? I can't think of his last name. Yeah, that guy. He's friends with JJ. (laughs) Right. So he he is now a grown up Tim and Wexley. So, wait, was that, that's not, is his name mentioned? They call him Snap, which is, they like even where you can see it, it's like a nickname. His nickname is Snap Wexley. Kind of how, which it goes along a lot. Like, for instance, we had uh, Hobby Cliven, which was actually Derek. Hobby Cliven, um, or Clivian, I'm, I probably butchered that. Uh, I apologize, <laughs> but but point being, how you know Hobby Dutch, a lot of those names were not were not their actual first names, but they were just sort of nicknames that were given to them. So Snap is is sort of a, a continuation of that. Okay, so he's wait. So this character isn't in Aftermath. No, he is. Oh, he is in Aftermath. Yeah. Okay. So, so Timon, the little boy in Aftermath. Yes. His name is Timon Wexley. Yes. When he grows up, he ends up being a resistance pilot, and he has a nickname, Snap. Snap. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I never would have picked up on that. Yep. That's so cool. Thank you. That's yeah, good. Right? I like there that. But it ruins the next Aftermath books because I know he doesn't die. <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to kill the kid. Well, you never know. Come on. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's not Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and then Timon was struck down by a lightsaber. I'm kidding. So, you know, the That's thing, cool. 
you want to know the thing that I didn't actually care for too much, and maybe, maybe I need to go back and watch them or whatever, or just say whatever, which is kind of how I'm I'm sort of feeling about it because it's not that big a deal. But this was the scene where I felt like they tried to get a little too sci-fi and a little too technical, where you've got the one guy who's talking with his hands and he's I know no one else can see, but you can see what I'm what I'm doing here. But he's like doing this the whole time. He's like, oh, there's got to be some sort of thermal oscillator on something that large in order mm-hmm. to take you know. And so he's basically explaining that you know what what its weak point would be. And to me, yeah. that's just too sci-fi. Like I just want it to be like the MacGuffin killer and, you know, like, okay, go, go blow up the MacGuffin killer instead of it actually being something that, that does sort of make sense because that's what a thermal oscillator essentially would do is that's what keeps with the, the heat transfer and everything from the star. Mm -hmm. So essentially if you blow that up, of course, now everything's going to go unstable and blow the whole planet up. Right. Right. But this is a little too sci-fi for me. Yeah. Well, at least it's brief. <laughs> yeah. You know, it didn't go on too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not like the trench run in the in uh, New Hope where they're, you know, before they take off on the mission, we have to listen to a five minute speech of how they could blow up the Death Star. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was even with Luke school and fake wedge and who was so embarrassed <laughs> that he replaced himself with a, a doppelganger. And may the force be with you. <laughs> so and then after that we get the Han and Leia farewell which a lot of people are really overlooking that scene in my opinion and, and what that scene says that was a great scene mm-hmm. I mean that especially when you know what's going to happen later and you're like yeah. this is this is it you know and it it's such a great actually it's kind of a surprising scene because each time I've seen the movie that when that scene comes on I'm always uh, the first time I saw it I was like I thought they were going to go off on their mission and that was it with Han and Leia. But then this is like a bonus scene of more Han and Leia. So it's almost like a treat to go like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. they have one last talk together and they talk about their son and their relationship and right. just kind of wink at each other. Like, you know, those were some good times. Yeah. You right. know, we didn't always get along, but they were good, weren't they? Right. And they just, you know, they're, they're kind of smiling and joking and everything and they see even when when Leia first sees Han, you know, she's not like mad at him or anything. So to me, what I got from those two interactions is that it's more about Han being disappointed in himself and and he felt like he had let her down more than her feeling like he had let her down type of thing, you know. And I, I felt like she did that great mom thing that, well, that, that Leia's kind of always been, you know, she's the one who always seems to be able to take care of everybody else. So she was sort of consoling him and everything. And I just, I don't know. I I really liked it because I think it's, to me, it said, you know, a lot of people are going, Oh, they didn't get a happy ending. And I think that was sort of, um, anticipated. And that was them saying, no, we got a pretty good happy ending. Like clearly not everything always goes, uh, great a hundred percent of the time, but you know, Han and Leia, you know, he, Han's an old man. Like he had, he did have a good life. Like clearly not everything was perfect. Um, and there was the tragedy with his son, but he did have a good life. It was a scene of closure between Mm -hmm. those two, because even Han says earlier in the film, she's not going to want to see me. Right. But she obviously did. And she, in a lot of ways, it was her saying, you know, I forgive you. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and him saying, yeah, things aren't perfect. But, and it's like, well, you know what? We're not perfect. And the situation that we're in is not perfect. And it's all cool. And you know what? If we can just get our son back, 
that would be great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, but their relationship, I felt like had that closure to mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately he wasn't able to bring his son back to her. No. But, so, but we got two more movies. Yes. I'm, I'm still saying, I think that the, uh, the third one's going to be his redemption story, but we'll get there. <laughs> And so they uh, they end up taking off, and then they do the whole thing where they're going to approach Starkiller Base at light speed because anything else basically gets blocked out or something like that. Yeah, because if they get to Starkiller Base, if they come out of orbit uh, or come out of hyperdrive into orbit, they'll be detected. So if they can get in as close to the planet they can, they won't be detected. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and so... What Finn's like, you know, you wait, you're, you're gonna kind of hyperdrive like right on the planet, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, and it's like, pull up, you know, about to hit the snow bank of yeah. mountains or, or whatever. No, he says, he goes, I am pulling up to chew. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, here's my thing does it seem like Han has gotten more brave and, and crazy with his piloting? Because he, you know, he did the same thing too. He basically. Uh, Ray asked him, she's like, is that even possible? He's like, I never ask until I've tried it. You know, he seems like he's doing even more crazy stuff than what he's done before. Yeah, probably a little more crazy, it seems yeah. like. You know, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, he goes into the asteroid field, but I felt like it was more like it was the only choice that he had to try to get out of a situation. Mm-hmm. And this was more like, you know, yeah, I'm going to test the ropes, baby. I think I can make this happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot of confidence going just now. It's the first time he's back in the, the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hit light speed out of the hangar. You know? And then the second time was new. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to hit high, light speed going onto the planet surface whatevs yeah so yeah it's i thought that was a lot of fun uh, I, I really enjoyed it and it you know i had kind of thought about it too and i'd heard someone else mentioning it mention it beforehand and it reminds me a lot of the hoth level or the hoth i don't even know what you call it but but basically on star tours you mm. know when you go when you go to hoth Yes, actually, that's a good point. It does. Yeah. It feels like you know you're just coming out of the hyperdrive mm-hmm. drive on uh, Star Tours, and you're coming into Hoth, and you come down low like that, and you're going up and over like you're going to crash, and, and then you you basically kind of skid into that little cliff's edge there in the snow. Yeah, and that was C three PO who was all being macho with his piloting skills on that right. one. <laughs> right <laughs> but you know and then you have the falcon skidding across the snow and of course it stops right at the edge of a cliff right you know, it just barely makes it right. right i don't know you know we see stuff like this in all kinds of movies where something mm-hmm. just barely happens and it's like i i think every time something like that happens i know it needs to happen that way because it creates the tension but i always roll my eyes <laughs> i'm always just like yep just barely made it sure you know it's like the star trek movies and even the preview for the next one it's like somebody's always hanging off a cliff in those movies it's the weirdest thing like everybody's just holding on by their mere fingers in every single one of those movies lately it's just crazy but anyway i'm rolling my eyes as i'm speaking it's fine it's i mean uh, you know it's it's much better to be that i guess than trying to hold on to their um consciousness Yes, but these are cartoons, just in real life. Talking about Star Trek? Mm-mm. No. Star Wars. Oh, I was talking about Star Trek. Well, Star Trek is too, <laughs> lately. <laughs> I was just saying, you know, it's, at least they're doing that instead of trying to keep from falling asleep. I was, yeah, I was well, just that's making, true. I was, yeah. Instead of, just, again. instead of just talking. Yes. 
<sighs> Terrible. A- anyway, so what's next? Sanitation? <laughs> uh, so that's the scene where Han finally asked uh, Finn. He's like, what did you do here anyways? He's like, sanitation. <laughs> and that's the part where everyone's like, oh my God, in the theater. You know, everyone has already picked up on the fact of like, he is not a, <laughs> he does not know what he's doing. You know, and he slams him up against the side of that bunker and he's like sanitation he's like then how do you know how to get the shields down he's like i don't i'm just here to get ray and he's like everyone is counting on us the galaxy is counting on us he goes it's okay solo we'll figure it out we'll use the force and he goes that's not how the force works (laughs) (laughs) and then chewie says something and he goes oh really you're cold <laughs> yeah, that's a funny scene. That's that's a it's hilarious really good. scene there. But yeah. you know what else I like about that scene is when he mentions sanitation. I like that it shows that there's so many different jobs within the first order and even really in the empire because when you see stormtroopers you just think there's, you know, stormtroopers are always prepared for battle. No, they're doing there's stormtroopers doing all kinds of jobs even down to the lowest levels of things that need to be done to keep something operational. And sanitation is one of them. Well, so the the funny thing is someone did a meme that I really liked where it has, it's kind of that scene. And he goes, sanitation? They have stormtroopers doing sanitation now? And Finn replies back, yeah, ever since some uh, some guy has gotten into the trash compactor back on the Death Star, they, they've been doing that ever since. And Han's just <laughs> like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> like trails off like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Oops, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, but he does figure out how to to lower the shields because he he finds Phasma doing her rounds. Yes, he's like, I've got an idea, and they get Phasma in there, and he's telling her who's boss now. Yeah. Well, know? first off, Chewie tackles her, which was great. <laughs> yeah, because you know you're thinking like, oh man, how are they gonna how are they gonna get her? Oh yeah, we brought a Wookiee. You know, so so they have that. Yeah, and then he's uh, he's like. Remember me? And she's like, uh, what was his name? FN2187. Right? Yes. Yeah. And he's like, name's Finn now. And I'm in charge. I'm in charge, Phasma. I'm in charge. And he's like, <laughs> bring it down. He's like, bring it down. <laughs> See, this is what really works about this movie uh-huh. is the is the humor that these characters bring. And they're not playing they're not playing up the humor and the fact that they're just throwing out stupid puns and sayings like I do. But right. actually the characters have a fun and, and humorous side to them. Unlike, and believe me, I'm not a prequel trasher if anybody knows me, but that's the thing about the main characters that we had in the prequels, especially I think in the Phantom Menace and Attack of Clones is that they were too regal. They were too formative they you know we're the jedi and this is a princess and so you know we thrust in a character like jar jar as you mentioned to bring in in the humor element and stuff instead of having all your characters be humorous right where these characters and we see in the ot very humorous sides of these characters the interplay Mm -hmm. between them creates a fun aspect that you like these characters and you want to follow them and, and to see them get phasma like that and Finn get himself all worked up about, Hey, yeah, I got you now. You know, it right, just makes, right. that's what makes it fun. That's what people mm-hmm. you hear people laughing and, and really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, then, then they finally get her to lower the shields, which here's something that I noticed. I hadn't heard anyone else mention this and I actually contacted the, uh, the five Oh first about it. Cause I thought it was really cool. Finn actually says in that moment, he goes, do you want me to blow that bucket off of your head? Which anyone who's in the 501st or knows much about the 501st, 
they, you know, affectionately refer to the helmets as buckets. This buckets, right. So I guess it's a call out to the 501st in that. Right. And yes, I I thought that was kind of cool. We saw the actual 501st flag in amongst all the flags in uh, Maz's castle. I finally was able to spot it out the sixth time. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's on. So when they're walking past that big red droid, it's going to be on the left. It's a black flag. Um, It's going to be kind of faded. It's not super obvious. But once you know, as soon as you see that droid, you start kind of looking over to the top left part of the screen, you'll see it. Okay, I'll look for it the fourth time I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't see Gwendolyn Christie. We saw Captain Phasma right. always with the helmet on. It would have been cool when they caught her. They caught her and put her in there to take the shields down. That Finn says, you know, makes her take off her helmet. And the fact that he took her his off earlier, and she said, "Who told you you could take your helmet off?" It would have been funny if he would have told her, "Who said you could keep your helmet on? Take your helmet off." You know, as she's going, because I would have loved to see Gwendolyn Christie actually in the uniform, take the helmet off and see her face. But may, again, maybe we'll see it in another movie. Yeah, but I, I was I really disappointed. We, I was we might not, her. because like she keeps getting called the Boba Fett, and they, they may not want to unmask yeah. the masked character, you know? Yeah, um, but at least we that established mystery. that it, mm-hmm. she is female. Yeah, yeah. We don't see many female stormtroopers, so that's pretty cool. Right. And so... Then past that, he, she's, she basically, she threatens them and she's like, oh, you're not going to get away with this, blah, 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 which is why she probably put the, let the shields down anyways, because she figured that they didn't really stand much of a chance. So she was just going to, to be able to take them out or whatever. So, but then Han, Han's like, I disagree, or sorry, Finn goes, I disagree. What should we do with her? And then uh, Han's like, got a, uh got a garbage shoot around here trash compactor and then finn like kind of realized what's going on he's like yeah there is <laughs> you know which i thought that was so great they're like yeah that'd be hilarious and then it kind of so the, it cuts at that point and we're kind of cutting in and out with some of the uh the x-wing attacks since they they get the shields down and the the x-wings kind of go in there and start trying to attack that oscillator and even though they're able to actually hit it, they're not able to do any damage to it. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah. Well, that that reaction is just kind of how I felt about the scene. Like, I just didn't get into the whole X-Wing attack on Starkiller base. It's not like the trench run, how I was just so invested in that, or even when they went in to get the second Death Star. Yeah, this, well, it's to me, it's more of like a, a pacing thing, you know? it's They basically have set a clock. You have... Like I've said before, you have your personal story with Ray and uh, and Finn and Han, all of that, but they're also on a timer. Yeah, and so that is that is the background stuff. That's the timer. So you're you're cutting in and out, you know, um, see, seeing all of that. So I I was fine with it. I thought it worked really well, especially doing it that way, as opposed to just you know if if that would have been the only thing going on at the time, like we did with that first trench run, that would be one thing. But those intercuts, I think, is what makes it work so well. That we say, okay, yeah, they're doing the, the trench run again, which they, they actually don't start doing until later. But you know, they're they're doing their attack run with the X Wings on, on the, the, the big base, but it's not it, it's not the main story. It's it's sort of 
it like I said, it's just sort of a timer, just to sort of let you know. Even yeah. Poe, even Poe says, uh, you know, see that sun is like as long as there's light, there's still hope. So you know, okay, it starts getting darker. It's getting darker. We got to start wrapping this thing up. So. Yeah, it's just not one of those things like would come out of the movie, and it's not a. It, those aren't. It's not a scene I'm going to think much about. That's fun. I mean, it's 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 it needs to be there. It's fine. It mm-hmm. just wasn't something that I was like, oh yes, this this part's really cool. Oh yeah, go good. Yeah, yeah, fly those X wing. I was just kind of like, okay, here we go, another X wing thing. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to blow right. it up, right? Let's get back to Finn and and Ray and Han and see what's going on with that. You know, right, right. I mean, that that's where the more compelling stuff is. Uh, it just gives you nice, you know, background flavor. Um, so then, yeah, we do get back. But I will into, say the hmm. black, the black X-wing and 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 the and the and uh, Star Killer base having being very dark. I mean, it was it was. I kind of look. It, it looked cool though. Oh I yeah, yeah. Poe's X-wing is sharp. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, then they finally they're trying to make their plan to get Ray, and finn's the one who's supposed to be masterminding the whole thing and han's like you ready for this he's like hell no <laughs> and then he's going he's like oh we'll try to do this and blah 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 blah. and then han's just like starts nodding his chin up he's like why are you doing that huh why do you keep doing this I'm trying to come up with a plan and you can do this here why are you doing that and he finally just like points with his gun out the window and you see ray had been like sort of crawling around the whole time <laughs> yeah so. which is like there she is see yeah. she she doesn't need us she can do it herself well i don't know she might have she wasn't quite out of the the woods yet, you know. She, yes. And then they go and they find her and they run into each other and she's like, you know, oh my gosh, she's like she's about to shoot him. Yeah, she almost pulled an Ezra Bridger on him. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you shot us. <laughs> yeah. And then it's revealed that was Finn's idea to come rescue her, and she gives right. him a big hug, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I can learn from Lando the best on, on how to work the women. Yeah, this. she's like, you're a good friend. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Darn, you have to say friend. Come on. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, because I like earlier in that scene on the Millennium Falcon, he's like, you know, why do you need to get back to check you? What, you have a boyfriend? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, basically, they, they decide at that point, they realize they're, they're just trying to hit that oscillator you know back to that where they're, they're trying to hit that oscillator with the x-wings and they're just they're not able to actually damage it so han which is interesting that, that han's the one who sort of decides but he's i guess he's the older more mature han now but he's like we can't leave now you know he, he said they're they're having trouble up there he basically realizes they're not going to complete the mission yeah. so he decides to go in and take matters into his own hands and, and take those those detonators that they had initially brought to take down the shields uh, which they didn't need because they were able to find Phasma. That was convenient. And uh, they, they set those up to blow up. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like to nitpick. That you mm-hmm. know, Here's the problem I have with being on podcasts. Right. Because I don't like to nitpick and I find myself like nitpicking and I'm trying not to. Right. And I don't. Again, it's not that I don't have a pro- it's not that I have a problem with this, mm-hmm. but when they're going around putting the detonators down and Chewie's climbing up the ladder and he gets to the next level, that the way his body was moving, I was like, of course it's not Peter Mayhew because Peter Mayhew's not in physical condition to do that, but right. it didn't feel like Chewie to me climbing up that ladder. Every time I've seen that, I'm just like, it, it's just like he's too quick. 
it didn't feel, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe because I know it's not Peter Mayhew, mm -hmm. but it's almost like, oh, stand in Chewy. Yeah. That was, right. Every time I see that scene, that's what I think. It's stand in Chewy. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That, that is a really big unnecessary nitpick. So then they take, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. But I'm right. just saying when that scene comes up. So you know what I paid attention to in that scene is Chewy's actually panting. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like that. He's just like, a, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of going up, which I thought was kind of neat, you know, because he's like the the dog friend. So I just go back and watch it. You'll like it. I promise, it's good. So then they they blow him up and they go home and everybody wins and no one dies, right? No, no, that's not the movie I saw. <laughs> You're right. I thought I could get away with it, but no. So we see that looking for. Ray, because they they had they had saw earlier them taking off, and which that's one thing that, that we see that I guess was a deleted scene, and, and we've seen the toys of it. That snowspeeder, that stormtrooper snowspeeder, right? They had gotten the that snowspeeder, and and took off, and they got caught, I guess, and so Kylo goes after them to the oscillator, and he is out on that bridge, and that's where Han sees him. And Poe and I'm sorry, not Poe, but Finn and Ray are up at the top. So they they were doing something which I can't remember exactly what. Well, then, I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you. It's like mm -hmm. I I haven't been able to catch it, and nor am I really paying that much attention to try to look for it. But I'm always every time they get up there, I'm like, wait, why are they up there? Why do they have to climb? Like I don't remember what the reasoning is for them being up there. I can't remember, but I know. I mean, it's everything. There's nothing that I'm like, wait, what? Why are we doing this? It's I'll just look for it next time, and then I'll I'll remember exactly. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things where there's so many things happening simultaneously that when you try to call back and go, well, why weren't they there? And you yeah. can't really remember, but then you go see it, and you're like, oh, that's right, they're doing this part. You know, just like a lot of people saying that, oh, this they never explain that uh, they're blowing up the Senate. And it's like, yeah, they do. They explain it like three times, but well, there there's were, also other stuff going on. Well, there was the scene where Han and Chewie were going through that area and need to mm -hmm. get to another section. And, and Ray did something that opened up the doorway. That's right. Okay, you know what? You're right. So that's what happened. And Han's ah, like, yeah, you remember. she's good. She's so good. They, went, they went a different way because they couldn't get in. So she went right. a different way, was able to pull out like a power capacitor or something like that. That yes. opened the doors up. And at that point, they went in. Right. But then why did she and Han go up through? They somehow then ended up outside. You mean her and Finn? So yeah. I think that I think that's where it was. So think of it like they had to go around the, the back of the house to flip a breaker while that breaker then opened up the, the gate so that Han right. and Chewie could walk through the front door and then they had to turn around and then go back around the house again to go through the front door. Okay. Something kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> it was something I was wondering. But right, anyway, right. So somehow, for, and then some reason they went up through the front door or whatever and then right. they look down and they see all this going on and they see mm -hmm. Han call out to, to Kylo to Ren. Ben. Ben! Right. Now, what did you think when you first heard that, when he, when he first yelled Ben? I am not, like, a huge EU person. Mm -hmm. But I'm very familiar with the EU. I haven't read all the books or anything, but again, I'm very familiar with all the stories in the EU. And when he first says Ben, my first thought was, oh, Ben, yeah, his, no, that's Luke's son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's what well, I was very curious what they were going to call him because I I I, was, I I knew they're not they did not name him Jason they just didn't so what did they name him so I in that moment when I saw Han start to follow him I go don't do it solo <laughs> like you know I pretty much knew that when Leia said go go get our son I was like all right awesome. He's dead now. Han, I guess Han does die in this movie. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, he's, that's not going to work out very well for him. And uh, so at that point, I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is where Han dies. This is what's going to happen. Way to go, guys. Like, you know, and so, so I, I knew it happened. But then I, I'm saying, okay, well, what, uh, you know, he's got to call out to him. So, so I'm thinking at this moment, I'm like, what is he going to call him? You know, who is he... Whose name is he going to say? Because he's, he's got to call him by a name, right? And he's not going to call him Kylo. So no. what's his name? What's he going to say? And then when he yelled Ben, it just the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I was like, of course. Of course it's Ben. Who else would it be? You know? I'm not going to call him Bale. Why not? That's after Leia's father. Lame. No, it would be lame for especially general audiences because most people would be right. like, Bale? What does Bale? Who's Bale? You know? Right. Because I mean, it's, Ben it's makes somebody, sense. Yeah, exactly. Because it's got to be somebody that makes, it's got to be somebody that is important, or, or a name at least, that has to be important to the audience, that's important to the characters, and it works. And there's not a lot of options with that. So then, when Or they could have called him Obi-Wan. Obi Wan oh Solo. God, ridiculous. <laughs> like, so picture, picture uh, Han Solo walking out to that bridge and calling <laughs> out to Han. Obi Wan. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. It not work. Because no. I just because that was a thing too. Is I, I said I'm like they're not gonna call because the the other option would have been maybe Anakin, right? But I just I never bought Leia naming one of her sons Anakin. I just never bought that. I could under, I could see Luke naming his son Anakin, but I never could see Obi Wan doing that. No. So, not Obi-Wan. I can never see Leia doing that. So, right. but yeah, so he, when when he yells Ben, I was like, that's awesome. I, I like that. Yeah, and so now we have a Ben Skywalker in the EU and a Ben Solo in the canon. Well, no, we have, we have uh, Ben Skywalker in the Legends and we in have Legends. Ben Solo in the, uh, the EU. In the so many Bens. Canon and all of that. Um, so at that point, that's where he tells him to, so he, he actually says, cause I'm trying to remember, so he yells Ben and then he says, solo, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. And at that point he says, he yells for him to take off the mask and he says, why? Or he says, what do you think you'll see if I do? Like being that sort of, that child, you know, that's really immature, like teenager, and uh, he says, the face of my son. So then he, he does take it off. And Were it, you surprised by that, that he took the helmet off? I kind of expected it just because he had already taken the helmet off beforehand. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't taken the helmet off before this, then yeah, probably so. I kind of even wonder, and I'm not saying they were wrong for this, but I wonder if they shouldn't have taken the mask off until this point. Mm. If maybe that would have made that more powerful. It yeah, it may have. I think uh, I think you're right. It probably would have because now mm-hmm. we're s- finally seeing the reveal of of Han Solo's son for the first time in front mm-hmm. of Han Solo. Yeah, that that may be one thing that I, I may have to 
it, it, it pains me, but I, I may have to sort of say that's one thing that could have been done differently that that might have made it better. Now I realize Adam Driver's a fantastic actor, and it's it's taking away a lot of, of being able to see his different emotion and, and, and things like that by having him in the mask. But then again, I think it might, I think it still would have worked out better to have had him in, in the mask could let everything be the same up until this point. But nonetheless, he, so he takes that mask off. And so here's the thing. You remember I told you that there was one thing that I noticed that I had not noticed before. Han, even though he's kind of, he kind of goes from being scared to at this point of him just sort of being like, no, I'm going to go up here, you know, I'm I'm going to go talk to my son. And and he's like very vigilant about it, right? And when he, he walks right up to Kylo, or Ben, whatever you want to call him at this point, right? And Kylo takes a step back. Mm. So Han takes another step forward just being like, no, I'm not... You know, like I'm not going to like. There's not going to be distance between us. And he takes another step back. Mm-hmm. And so that's when they're having their they start to sort of have their conversation where we really see him breaking down, which was so unexpected mm-hmm. to me <clears throat> because you know here's the ultimate bad guy in this film, mm-hmm. and Han walks up and he's basically yeah i'm I'm giving in to you dad i'm I'm with you and help me and he when he drops that helmet, I mm-hmm. was like, Oh my gosh, like okay, this is the bad guy of the film, but he may be not the ultimate bad guy. He's just the first half of this movie, and he's giving up and coming mm-hmm. back to the light side and I thought this is an interesting twist, right. But that twist didn't last very long. <laughs> well, so you know what? So here's the thing that's the, because I will say I, I wasn't quite as surprised by it because we had gotten those elements earlier to understand that he was conflicted. Because here's the thing if if this would have been the first that we see of that, like we talked about beforehand, with even you know him taking the mask off, possibly if he hadn't taken the mask off earlier. At this point, it which it may be divided, it may be only some people or whatever, but at this point, if he's taking the mask off for the first time and he's doing this, then you may be going, oh, it's a trap. Like uh-huh. he's, he's just, he's playing Han, you know, like that's not what, that's not what's actually going on. He, he's just playing him. And as I've still heard some people question, they go, oh, was he really turning or was he... And I believe that he was, I feel like they show you every little bit right there that he was still fighting with the light. Yes, and, absolutely. And a lot of it's that, that visual imagery because they, you know, they talked about earlier, it said, oh, as long as there's light, there's still hope. And you have that single beam of light that is now narrowed only on to Han Solo. He is the only bit of light that's pulling at Kylo. Mm-hmm. And the moment that that happens, you know, and he, so he does, he takes his lightsaber out and he, and he hands it, uh, you know, basically palm up to, to Han and then Han reaches over to, to take it from him. And then as that light goes out, he then clenches it and he starts basically fighting, you know, he, he starts struggling to, to take it back. Right, and how symbolic of that, as mm-hmm. the light goes out, the light goes out from the sun because the sun has been drained, and as mm-hmm. soon as that light goes out, the light goes out in Kylo. Right. 
Yeah, and so the, the, the dark side basically begins to struggle back. And that's when he puts the, the saber through Han. The first time I saw that, I did not feel emotional. I think I was watching it so... I, I was analyzing and trying to take everything in and it was like oh so they do all the rumors i heard of they do kill han right and oh this is an interesting way to do it okay and i'm just looking at Mm -hmm. it like you know i'm analyzing this okay Mm -hmm. the second time i watched it and even the third time i felt more emotional pull on that i was i was the exact same way because i was saying you know it was one of those things that until i see it happen it's not happened so then i realized okay there we go because I had, like I'd said beforehand, even though I didn't know if he was going to die or not, I had heard people say, oh, Han's going to die. But I didn't, I wasn't aware because if I hadn't heard it from someone saying, oh, I, you know, I read the spoilers or whatever, you know, and, and it's, that's definitely what's going on. I didn't have any anything official. I just thought someone's been like, you know, they're going to kill Han. Like, of course they are. Like, he's been wanting to die forever, you know, because I knew that. So it, it was just in that instance, I go, oh. So I guess that is what happened. I guess they did decide to to kill him. And then like I said, Han, you know, or we knew that uh Harrison Ford and, and Kasdan had wanted to to do this beforehand. So I said, Oh, okay, well they finally got their wish. And uh that's that that is just sort of what seems to that seems like what they wanted and, and so that they finally did get to to do that. We'd sort of been speculating. We we'd seen we figured this would be something that might would happen. So here it is. So I was like you. I was just I was more accepting like, oh that thing that I knew you know, like I couldn't put myself in the film because I knew so much outside of the film about it that in that moment I couldn't be in it. But then when I saw it the second time and then all the way to the sixth time, I really was able to to get that emotion. And I wasn't, it wasn't even so much where I was just like, Oh my God, they killed Hana and cry. I was just like, that is just like, it's so beautifully tragic. You right, know? Right. I mean, it is cause it, it's such a, yeah, it's a terrible thing, but at the same time, you're just like, wow, that is some really good poetry. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have had a lot more emotional weight if, uh, it was a situation where we saw Luke kill Han or Chewie or Leia, or like one of the main characters kill Han, whether on purpose or by accident or something. It would have been more like, oh my gosh, not only did they kill Han, but Luke did it. Whoa, that blows my mind. This one, you know, we just mm-hmm. find out he had a son. So mm-hmm. it's it's tragic enough that his son kills him, but yeah. we're not used to Han having a son. We're just like, oh, Han has a son. Oh, his name's Ben. Oh, and then he kills him. <laughs> You know, yeah, I don't know. To me, I'm not saying kinda, it needs yeah. that emotional weight from those other main characters. I'm just saying I think it would have been even more shocking to us as fans had we seen a character we're familiar with actually kill him versus a new character. Possibly, but I'll say, and this is something that I've been kind of it would have ruined it, the other characters. So, well, exactly, and that that's the thing is, I think that we're seeing in a lot of our, our um, stories that are being told these days, it's very popular to, to deal in that shock type mm-hmm. of, of storytelling. But I don't think that's timeless. I, I don't think shock storytelling is timeless. And I think that um, if they were to do that, that it would not be... I don't think it would last. I think that people would, would like it and, and they'd probably be... Even more people go, oh man, that was so awesome because can you believe they had Luke actually kill, like he put a lightsaber through Han, like, oh. But then I think that as time goes by, they're like, yeah, that was kind of dumb. Like that was a little, they were just trying to, to shock us. They were just, exactly. I I think, I think doing something 
that really is just more about shock alone, it, it's it's cheap. And you may not realize it's as cheap, but then you start to realize like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, you know, just like these stories where they're like, oh, we're going to be killing everybody. We're killing everybody. And you're like, oh my God, it's shocking. I can't believe it. And then what happens? The stories keep going and going. And they're like, yeah, we don't really have anything else to do because we killed everybody. And it's like, well, yeah, no kidding. So now you've, you know, you've written yourself in a corner and you don't know what to do. So your story is not as timeless. It's not, it doesn't have that emotional weight all the way through because you went for shock instead of actual quality storytelling. But that's my own tangent. I'll, uh, I'll move on from there. I'm not shocked that you said that. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So at that so, point, Chewie loses his ever loving mind. Thank goodness. Right. I mean, no, not that I want him to lose his ever whatever mind, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, come on, Chewie, you yeah. got to do something. Yeah. And so he, he immediately, he shoots, you know, he's upset, but then he shoots Kylo, which I've said beforehand, I don't, I don't think he was trying to kill Kylo. I think he was upset and I think he, he reacted, but I, I think that if he wanted to kill him, he would have. And, and I think he... Maybe he, maybe he, it was everything that he could to not kill him in that instance. But I think that part of him is what kept him from actually taking a kill shot. Well, for once, I'm going to agree with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're totally wrong. No, you're still totally wrong. I never agree with you. No. Uh, I, my thought is that, you know, Chewie has a life debt to Han and is always protective of Han, therefore protective of Leia, therefore mm-hmm. protective of their son. As you can imagine, as as Leia gives birth to a son and this boy grows up right. in the arms of Leia and Han, he's also in the arms of Chewie. So right. in a lot of ways, I'm sure Ben is a son. Yeah. In a or lot or of like respects. a nephew or a family member to him yeah, as well. Yeah, very yeah. close and protective. And, I mean, he's probably just as torn up that right. he's going on this dark side. And, yeah, he kills Han. Ben kills Han. But at the same time, Chewie's pissed off. And it's almost like Chewie just wants to just give him a slap backhand across the face. Right. And it's too far away to do it. Instead, I'm going to take a, a <laughs> shot at you. <laughs> take a cross bolt to the, <laughs> right. to the gut. And kind right. of knock you down and maybe i'll come down there and deal with you myself you yeah know? and so yeah point, i'm with we, you on that yeah so we have the stormtroopers charging in and as as chewie's moving he's taken out you know just kill shot kill shot on these troopers which to me like i said further further kind of makes me think okay if he can if he can run and gun like that taking them out then in a stationary position where he totally had his sights on on Kylo, then he should have been able to have taken him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but further, remember I talked back about how he kills Max von Sydow's character and then Poe shoots at him and he immediately freezes that bolt. Mm-hmm. So we have a similar situation here, but he doesn't freeze Chewie's bolt, which really kind of goes to show, because they, they do show the close-up on his face and everything, that that was a really traumatic moment for him, yes. killing, killing Han. Yes. So he's caught off guard, really. He's yeah. not... He's not... He, he's, he's not all powerful and, and unstoppable right. at this point. Like, 
like essentially what I would assume Snoke had had uh, promised him or, or had caused him to believe. Mm-hmm. And now further, now this is something that I don't hear anyone really talk about too much, uh, especially the, the last part. But then I haven't brought it up either. It just keeps sleeping in my mind. Now, when Han, when he falls off that bridge, he reaches up and he actually touches uh, yes. his son's face, right? That's right, yes. Um, and you just, you see that almost like forgiveness, the fact that like he still loves his son and that was just in his dying moment, you know, he just wanted to touch his son's face. Well, he was, it was almost like a Vulcan mind meld. He was putting his, <laughs> co- he's putting his Katra into Kylo and saying, remember her. And so Han's consciousness is into Kylo. I'm sorry, this wrong is, franchise. Yeah, this I'm is sorry. a family show. You can't be talking about putting in your Katra and stuff. <laughs> so on top of that, if you look, Kylo had his hand on Han as well. Like he almost had an embrace there as well. Now, where was Kylo's hand on Han? It's, so on it's on shoulder? the right side. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So it was just it was kind of interesting to me because he. He doesn't seem to, it's not like, which I mean, I have to maybe check it again, but when he runs him through, it's, both his hands are on the blade, I thought, or on the, not the blade, that's dangerous, the, you know, both the uh, hands were on the, the hilt. Maybe he kind of reached around to push him into it, I, I don't know, but I don't. I think so, I think maybe his hands were both mm. on the hilt, but then he pushed it in a little further and probably grabbed Han just to yeah. kind of push that in there. Yeah, I just more. to me that in, in that scene it almost looked as though he did he was sort of holding Han back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he was he was sort of returning some some emotion with him there. So Mhm. And then uh, he kind of pushed him off. Well, no, he fell off. He just sort of like, that's the thing like I so said, go back and yeah. watch it where you see he had and that's where you can notice okay, it where he excuse has me. Hand. I'm I'm going to go right now and watch it. See. Okay, I'll see you in 2 hours. <laughs> well, with trailers it'll be two and a half. Right. So yeah. he in that moment, he sort of falls out of his grasp. So. You're so poetic. Listen to you. Mm-hmm. His father falls out of his grasp. And not just physically, but also emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyhow. Uh, <laughs> so that happens. And this segment is brought to you by Kleenex. Kleenex <laughs> that clears the eyes. Of the tears that are caused from Michael's poetic gestures. So then Chewie blows the place up. Boom! <laughs> and they, and um, Ray's upset and Finn's upset. And That's they, when Finn should have made his move on Ray, by the way. But go on. No, he you was know, upset too. Woman. He's a good dude. He's not like Han, who's like, oh, you just got shot? Boob grab. You know, <laughs> <laughs> He was upset too. And so they run out of there and they end up getting cut off by Kylo, which this this is one of the things that people say is a is a plot hole. And I don't necessarily know that it's a plot hole, but they they do mention that okay, he's supposed to be injured, which they forget he's injured during the battle, but here they definitely remember that so he Kylo is injured, but yet he still seems to to make it out and basically come around to to cut them off as they're yes. trying to get back to the Falcon. Right. What's the problem with this scene? The well the, the problem is people are saying how could he do that? Like how could he get Because how he could he came beat them back? out the they 
they were up at that upper level and they were coming mm-hmm. down and he was more on ground level and he comes out from the other side of the building and is coming around. And by the time they finally get down, he's already out. He's already outside. He's already working his way over towards them. Right. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, like I said, it's it, to me, I figure it's one of those things where it's, there's, there's ways you can kind of come up with it. Is it a little, could it possibly be a little more, tricky or what you know could it be a little harder to to believe or say eh, i don't know i mean we, we've seen for instance qui-gon and uh, obi-wan do their little jedi sprints or whatever so yeah i, I mean I, I i i will admit i thought the same thing when they got out there and it's like oh well how did kylo get out there so right. quick but then the third time the other day when i watched it i thought well yeah he's he's further down a level it's more ground level they're further up by the time they get down there he's already he's already probably gotten outside mm-hmm. so yeah to me it it's it's there's nothing there to complain about did you notice though that this wasn't in her force dream or her force vision that this was or was not. This was in her force vision. Force vision. Uh, because as she's know. as she's in her little force vision, doing her running and stuff like that, she comes. She's on Starkiller base. You know, it's dark. There's trees. And as she moves, Kylo steps out from behind a tree and ignites his lightsaber. Okay. So it's not like it's obviously it's not a hundred percent. They didn't use like the same shot. He didn't have his helmet on and stuff or whatever. But it's still a part of that force vision thing and, and her seeing the future yeah like like her grandfather used to mm, yes <laughs> and she looked at finn and said you're gonna die in childbirth <laughs> 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 but, um oh good so here's what i want to do and <laughs> okay. I, I will never do this but uh-huh. if anybody wants to do this please take this idea so this a thought uh occurred to me actually today so han dies and i'm glad i'm getting to this now because we kind of got beyond that but when han, han dies mm-hmm. we see we see that reaction in uh kylo right kind of, then right. we see the reaction in leia she senses it right? right and we see her for the shot for a while where she mm-hmm. senses it and kind of slowly sits down i want somebody to edit a video then when we see uh ben on the falcon in a new hope after alderaan blows up where he's like <gasps> he senses alderaan and then the next shot is Yoda, when he senses something was going on with Anakin back on Tatooine with the Tusken Raiders, and he's like, <gasps> like you can have all these shots of people all reacting, <gasps> and where they're grabbing their chests <gasps> from all the different movies to Han dying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just do it. Just every one of them is feeling Han's death. Yes, like it yeah. reverberates through years and years in the past. People start feeling it, and we see Yoda, and we see Ben Kenobi, and we see <laughs> Leia, and whatever. Maybe, yeah. There may even be some Clone War stuff. Yeah. Go back and watch the holiday special and the Ewoks movies and see if there's anything like that in there. Well, that's the audience reaction. We'll watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pete Arthur? <gasps> anyway. <laughs> so Finn starts out in that lightsaber fight. because Oh, because that's right. For whatever reason, I can't remember if she charges him or, or what, but... he I think she goes to shoot him or something. Yeah, but he like force pushes her into yes. a tree. Yep. Boom. She's down. And Finn runs over to her. Yeah. Yeah. And he throws, and you even notice he throws his blaster down at that point. So he doesn't have his blaster. So at that point, that's when he pulls out that lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And well, actually, Kylo yells traitor at him 
Yeah, and not just traitor. He's like traitor. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that? He seems very emotional about one of his stormtroopers betraying him. Like so that. you know, because I had somebody else say that, and I was like, ah, I think he's just at that point. He's just kind of fueled up, and and he's just in a rage. But now that I think about it, I think it's a little more of that. I think it's a little more of that childishness or whatever, because mm-hmm. I think in that moment he's thinking, if you hadn't of left or like if you hadn't betra- if you had not betrayed us then none of this would have happened this is all your fault right none of this would have happened including me killing my father like right. all this crap that's just been going down and maybe whoever ray is and maybe he knows who ray is and now she's right. back in the phone all this crap is because of you yeah you freaking you mother <laughs> You feel better now? I feel so much better right now. <laughs> You've been wanting to say that to me on the show for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're my fin, you mother... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyhow... Uh, anyway, let's get serious. Yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Welcome so to he, NPR. So yeah, he... he I think Happy in that moment, he's he's mad and he's he's blaming... Finn for everything. Like so he's being that petulant child. Yes. And so then Finn's like, come get some. Yeah, and Finn does a pretty good job. You know, I've never For like two seconds. That was more like two and a half, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little longer than Sorry, I, I didn't mean to uh to not give him that extra half second. Well so and that's the other thing too, is a lot of people uh, I keep saying a oh, lot of people. It's not a lot of people. It's Clickbait websites. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'll take him down. Right. No, well, well, Kylo's injured. So, you know, right. he's not up to his game. And he's an emotional little brat right now. And so mm-hmm. he's not going to be pick, pitch perfect in a fight with a stormtrooper who holds a lightsaber. That right. And we, and we know that the, these... Takes him for like two seconds. Right. So, we, you know, we've learned that these stormtroopers are melee trained. Or not melee trained. That they are... Since birth. Martially trained or whatever, you know, they taken from birth, just like the Jedi used to take. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So <laughs> so we know that he he's not new to this. And on top of that, he doesn't last very long. And you even I even got the feeling after looking at it, he was more toying with him. Could be, yes. I mean that's 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 one one way you could go with it, I thought the same thing. He's just kind of toying with him, and yeah, okay, let let's let's play. Po- I mean, right. po- let's play Finn. Come on, mm-hmm. let, yeah, take me. Oh yeah, look at right. you. Oh good. Whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. now to the back. See, you're down. Well, but here's the thing: that didn't happen until. So you go through the whole thing, right? And you see, they're doing the they're having their duel, and it's back and forth a bit. There's you know no no one's really getting any good shots in. And then he knocks Finn up against the tree. He takes one of those quillins and then drives it into Kylo's arm. And I didn't oh, yeah. hear a single hater go, oh, I was wrong. They all just sort of <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you know, they're all going, oh, well, this, this doesn't make sense because it's not. A, it's like, hey, guess what? You can turn around and stab somebody with that. So shut your face hole. So... He does that. I'd like to apologize to all the <laughs> face holes that are listening to this right now. <laughs> so he does that, 
And then it follows up with Finn managing to get out of it somehow. I can't quite remember how, but he gets out of it and then turn around and that's where he catches Kylo in the arm. And that yeah, that's that when that's when Kylo yeah it's the only shot he ever really gets in on him, but that's when Kylo to me stops messing with him. That's when he get he really gets mad and and he says okay like I'm I'm not playing with him anymore, and he decides to then take and he knocks the light he immediately knocks Finn's lightsaber out of his hand, and then slices him up the back, immediately following that. He's a badass. <laughs> so I just, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I don't think people recognized uh, that uh, I, I would challenge anyone to to go back and, and check out. And in that part, you do see it. It's evident to me. It's evident. It's it's quite obvious that that's what's going on. He's toying with him, or he's just decided. You know what? I'm gonna be a spoiled brat. And I'm I'm stronger than you, so I'm gonna beat up on you because I'm mad about something else. And then once he realizes, oh, you punched me back in the nose, well, you know what? Fine, I don't like this anymore. And so then he just completely uh, disables him at that point. Yes, and at this point he's like, there you go, I got you. See, you fight like a girl. Ah, what little does he know that girls <laughs> fight good. Yeah, so that that uh, lightsaber goes in the snow, and then we get the uh, the a la Empire Strikes Back, and he he calls to it to to try to pull it, and it's kind of wiggling in there, which is kind of interesting because you see this guy, he basically can take Ray, which I mean not really interesting because I mean we all knew what was going on. I did. I don't know. You may have been stupid, but he takes Ray, flings her across. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about? Oh, because you can see video. Of That's I'm right. Watching. I can see. Sorry, you don't see. Bruce looks around like talking to me. What? So, <laughs> so he takes and he can fling Ray, but yet he's struggling to pull a lightsaber out of some soft snow. Right, because somebody else was trying right. to get that lightsaber. But you didn't know that. You're supposed no, to believe. You're supposed to believe that he's struggling like Luke did. Right. But he. But he wasn't. But he wasn't, and then he, then the lightsaber starts to fly to his hand, but no. It goes right almost, past him, yeah. It almost knocks his big nose off. He has to back <laughs> away. <laughs> I like his nose. And so then he goes into Ray's hand, and she's just standing there with she's it. I mean, it. that's, yeah. oh my gosh. And I think the first time we saw it, everyone applauded. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, at that point, I, everyone was like, get him, girl. Maybe that was just me, but uh, <laughs> everyone was, was. was pumped, yeah. Yeah, we were in a big room of Star Wars, huge Star Wars fans the first time we saw this. No, I know, but I'm, I'm saying I think I was the only one who like vocally said, get him, girl. I think I heard you say that. <laughs> no, I re- no it's like, I'm not kidding. I actually do think I said that. I think, I think that my, uh, <laughs> my support was very audible at that point. So yeah. that might be embarrassing if I had any sort of um, uh, humility or if I understood humility, I guess, but... Uh, so then they start their duel and it's pretty, if I remember correctly, it's pretty even for the most part, right? Just kind of back and forth Mm -hmm. until they get to that little cliff's edge. Yep. Here we go with the cliff, JJ and his cliffs. (laughs) (laughs) At least he's not hanging off of it. And so, 
so she's she's pressed up, uh, you know, she's got her back to the cliff, and that's when he he's like, "You need someone to show you how to use the force." And then she's like, "I'll do it myself." And she closes her eyes, and then I can't remember what she does, but she, I guess, pulls some sort of cool move out, and uh, yeah, it's almost like she kind of ducked and spinned around yeah. and got to the other side of him. And then she takes, and they they like start fighting some more. And I think I, I think she, I can't remember if she hacks him up pretty good. I mean, she at this point she just hands him his ass. Yes. And but I know that I don't remember if she's handing him his ass before or after they get into their like holding each other's arms down, and then she takes and swings around and actually slices up his lightsaber, and she's like, "Ha! I have an OG lightsaber. You have the crummy Kmart lightsaber." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he he's just laying there then, and he, yeah. He's well, she like, he slices that up, and then you think she takes his head off, but apparently it was. I think it was just like maybe armor bits or something that uh, she had sliced off at that point, because you know you you yeah. hear when he's when he's beaten his wound, you hear what sounds like there's some sort of armor or padding there. So maybe that's what I'm thinking at this point that she'd possibly sliced off. And when he falls down, he's laying there. I almost expect to hear that Vader, like when Luke took him <laughs> <No>. down. <laughs> <laughs> actually was this of uh, the first star wars movie now that we have where there isn't a no anywhere in the film i think it is i don't recall anyone saying no but i have to go back and watch well that's dependent on well i know there's different versions of right. Return of the yeah, Jedi depending didn't have on it, which version we're talking about right. things, but currently so. all six films if you click count the current blu-ray let's just say the blu-ray editions of all six films have a no in it somewhere that's right because even with because i was thinking of of the others attacker clones initially didn't but then they added in the qui-gon no in attack of the clones right yeah yeah anakin anakin no so anyway uh (laughs) not to get off subject but we do that a lot. So what? here on Club what? City Casino, get off subject and talk about silly things. You know what? We can't help it. There's just so much to talk about Star Wars. It takes you all over the board or all over the galaxy. <laughs> so she she wins. So now it's the site. The saber is uh, Kylo saber done with. That thing is destroyed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. she chopped it up, but good. That's what I assumed. Yeah. So that, so yeah, so that's something I'm curious about for the next movie. Are we going to get like a quad saber, or what are we, we going to get like a, a a trident lightsaber thing? Like what what's going to happen there? Well, if you go to Toys R Us, you can build like different that variations. That is true. I was I was trying to make a joke, and then I remember when they do have sort of like a little trident lightsaber thing now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that we'll possibly or probably see just a, a standard red lightsaber at that point that Kylo will be holding. But I don't oh. know. It's it's hard to really speculate until we see what we see. Right. Um so then she's she goes over and she's crying over Finn, which is I'd called that uh beforehand cuz everybody's like, "Oh, it's it's Han's jacket. See, it's Han's jacket." I'm like, "No, it's not." Or people have said, oh, it's Chewy or, or some furry. Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, no, that looks like Finn. Yeah, that's Finn. Hey, it's not Han. Han's okay. And then I'm like, oh my God, Finn, no. <laughs> no, we can't kill Finn. Not this yeah. early. Yeah. 
Yeah, He's so. our favorite character, or one of our favorites. Yeah, so so she's crying over there, and then we see Chewie has he has made it back to the Falcon, and he's coming back for him. And they load up and get out of there, and then head back to the Resistance base. And a lot of people bring up that oh, why did why did Leia and Chewie not really acknowledge each other? But you know, she hugs. Ray, do you have a you, you just made like a motion? Well, do you have something? Yeah, to say I on just this? made a motion. We should do this video, you know, a mm-hmm. video podcast because of my physical reactions to things. Right. So yes, I've heard that mention. So yesterday I went to see it. I was really watching that scene, and what we see is a crowd of people mm-hmm. coming over towards the Falcon, and we don't see Leia anywhere. And Chewie basically comes by and walks past that crowd of people. And as Ray is slowly walking away from the Falcon towards this crowd, we see Leia kind of come up from the background of that ca- crowd coming forward. I'm like, well, it's pretty obvious Chewie I mean, I didn't see she was in this crowd. Chewie probably didn't see she was in this crowd. And as the crowd breaks, she's coming forward. So he didn't see her. Or <laughs> or he cold-shouldered her because he's like, this is your fault. You're the one who told him to go do this. That was a fool's errand. I knew better. Yeah. No, I don't think that's actually what it is, but it's funny to think that Chewie's mad at her for getting Han killed. Yeah, but no, I... I I firmly believe if you watch that scene, I don't think Chewie sees Leia. And let's just say, if if we're going to assume that maybe Chewie did see Leia, maybe he's just not ready. Yeah, so, yeah, that that's the know. thing too. Both of them may not have really been ready for that. I agree with you. But then R2-D2 starts back up. Yes, this is the scene that I think most, I'm guessing from what I've read online, most people are having issue with because mm-hmm. why all of a sudden at this point, R2-D2 comes on. And right. JJ has addressed this already. Right. And you actually, so it is a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll admit it is a little bit uh, confusing. I, I was the first time, but once again, C-3PO is there to sort of translate where he's like, you found what? And then he's like, don't call me that and everything, you know, which you can get that great uh, OT humor with those two bickering and fighting. But uh, so from that, he basically says, you know, he, he finds, I can't remember the exact words, but you, you do get that R2 pops back online and says, Hey, found it. We're good to go. I've got the, I got the rest of that map for, for Luke. And so and you're thinking that when we first see R2 and BB eight says, Something like I I need the map or do you know the map and 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 C three O says that he's basically in sleep mode. Right. That during that pe- start of that period of time up until this period of time, R two D two is looking through his yes, through his, okay. his old databanks for it. Yes. Okay. That's that's the re- that's how I've taken it. So well, that's that yeah. Same. But that's not that's not my theory. Like that's that's canonical. That's what they've said um, that, that happened. It what I, I think it it I think you can kind of conclude that without somebody telling you, but you really yeah. have to think about it. Yeah, it's you can use a couple of the extra pieces to get it a hundred percent, but by the same time, if you do pay attention to what three uh, PO is saying in his parts, you pretty much get enough to understand. That he found that he, it. Yeah, that he had found he had found it. He was in low power mode. 
BB-8 had said to him, uh, you know, maybe it w- possibly it was in his uh, data banks. And he, and he goes, oh, it's doubtful that he has that in there. And then he pops up and says, hey, found it. So with mm, those two really things, a, you could He needs a it, Google yeah. program. I mean, to take that long to find it, you just Google Dude, an R2-D2. Yeah. He downloaded the entirety of the Death Star's computer. Uh, I mean, that's got to be like quadrillions of terabytes or something i don't even know what you get to up in there like he and and he also linked up on did they mention that running around just taking the stealing data from from everywhere then yeah did now i know i've heard and i don't know if it's in the novelization or the Mm -hmm. visual dictionary or whatever was it addressed in the movie that that he has that data dump from the empire i can't remember so so it's not addressed in the film Okay. That he he got it from there necessarily. They don't specifically say because hey, the empire sa- or the first order says they have it from the empire. Right. Database. Kylo yeah. says that. Yeah. So then, if you think, well, how would he got it then? If that was the only place that it may have existed, which you have to have this thought because you could say, well, he could have it because he's from the Republic, so maybe he had it from there. But you can sort of trace it from that, saying, "Well, if if I know that the the root of it is the Galactic Empire, how would he have gotten it? Oh, that's right, he linked up the computer on the Death Star, so it is there to find." But uh, but I'm not sitting here going, "Come on, stupid!" It's obviously easy. Like I'm not I'm not saying that. So why would the Empire have a map of the galaxy that would? Um, why would they have piece. a map of all the? Why would why would the White House have a map of the United States, the, all this territory they control? Well, That's exactly. Just but ridiculous. why wouldn't anybody else? So everybody else should have a map of the galaxy, and then why would there be a missing piece to that galaxy map that only BB-8 has that shows where Luke Skywalker is? Like, why would the Empire say, "I have a map of the galaxy with a hole in it"? <laughs> so that is I mean I think there's there's probably lots of reasons why I mean that to me I think the answer is in that can go back to the prequels and that is well I don't okay so because someone erased it from the Jedi <laughs> archives <laughs> if it isn't there then it simply does not exist thank you exactly so we actually have a map that the Empire has of the galaxy of an area that simply must not exist but for some reason Luke knows <laughs> Luke knows this area and can hide it. Somebody him. make a meme of that. Someone make a meme of Han saying, ah, oh, it's the map, but it's not complete. And then have Jocasta New saying, if it is not there, then it simply does not exist. Right. <laughs> but I'm serious. Why does yeah. the Empire have an in- incomplete map? And, and then we have the one missing piece that shows the missing area of that map. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I, th- I think, I, honestly, I, I think it, it comes now. down to the fact of talking about the mysterious Jedi, the fact that of the purge and all of that, and and that at some point it was possibly, you know, it, it was possibly erased. It's you know where I would like to see that oh, is wait, on I Rebels. Figured, I figured it out anyway. I'm sorry. Go on. I figured it out. What did you figure out? <laughs> okay, so the Empire has a map of the whole galaxy. They mm-hmm. just don't know where Luke is in this galaxy. Had right. they got the map from BB-8, they would have overlaid it over overlaid the existing it over the thing part and no, right. of the map and say, well, that's where he is. What R2-D2 has was in his databank, and Luke pulled a section of that map out of R2-D2 and put it on this chip so no one would find exactly where he is in that section of the galaxy. Oh, and yeah. Put the uh, pieces back together. I bet that's exactly it. Thank you. See, I had to talk through it first. Yeah, that actually, 
Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. I was just thinking, I'm like, ooh, well, maybe they it, it got erased and Ahsoka did it and we'll see it in Rebels, but <laughs> well, yours you makes you more sense. Yours, you yours makes way more sense. I think that's how it's going to get explained out and either. Man, I was hoping for some more extra content, but no. So anyhow, so at this point, they say, all right, Ray, that's your job. We've been looking for Luke the whole time, but... We're going to stay here. You go get him. So why do you th- think they sent Ray? Because they said, well, he's your dad. Mm, I don't know. I Again, I haven't given a whole lot of thought to it until now. But, uh, yeah, why did they send, why, okay, so why didn't Leia go find her brother? Why would she send Ray? Unless you're, like you said, maybe because Leia knows who Ray really is and says, you need to go find Luke yourself. You're strong with the Force. You have discovered this power. And if anybody needs to go see him, it's somebody strong in the Force or something. Well, um, but, I mean, we know Leia's strong in the Force. She may be on train, but we know she's strong in the Force. So why didn't she go? So She had to he, stay back there with Gary? <clears throat> so i say it's one of two things right the obvious answer for me is to say well clearly this is luke's daughter and she has some things that she needs to to work out with luke so i don't need to be going and get in the middle of that this this is for her to do right or potentially because she's strong in the force she recognizes that this journey is ray's the lightsaber called to Ray. Ray's the one who had to fight against Kylo. This, you know, these steps, these Jedi steps or whatever, are are Ray's to take, mm-hmm. and that's why she needs to be the one to go. So that's the if you don't want to hundred percent buy that she's Luke's daughter, but she's totally Luke's daughter. If you don't want to buy that, then that I think is a, a good explanation to sort of side skirt that. I agree with you once again. How, <laughs> <laughs> however, I'm wondering, and I know this is a fictional story, but what would have been the original plan? Because the original plan was Poe was to get the map and bring it to Leia so mm-hmm. she could find her brother. Of course, Leia and Poe, anybody who had this plan had no idea that they would bring Ray or some girl or whoever along right. with that. So once Leia received the map as to where Luke was, wonder what Leia's plan would have been. Was it that Leia was going to go and find Luke or send Poe or That's what I was what? about to say. Yeah, I think it was pretty much either she was going to do it or she was going to go send Poe. She seems to really be sending a lot of other people to do things in this movie. You know, well, she you sends- know, <laughs> Carrie Fisher does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sends a lot of other people to go do get her coke for. Yep, <laughs> and I mean the drink. Okay, I, well I, I wasn't sure because <laughs> I mean the drink. Okay, PC here. I'm sure there's other coke, but well, <laughs> we're talking about Carrie Fisher. So, so right. listen. At this point, so she takes off. So now here's the thing I noticed on my sixth viewing. Right. Oh my gosh. So now I, I told you earlier. I don't remember which viewing it was that I saw. Now someone else had mentioned it, so I looked for it and said, "Yeah, you're right." That three PO has his gold arm back when they're when he's waving by. Yes, I looked for that. And, he, that, and he's so. waving by with that that gold arm, right? Yeah. But if you look about two over, there is a droid, a protocol droid that looks just like three PO, but is solid red, like the solid red color of his old red arm. 
now that you say that, I do I do recall thinking that yesterday when I saw the movie, thinking, oh, there's a red droid, and I had forgotten until you just said that. Yeah. Uh, I do remember, and tell me, maybe I dreamt this, but isn't there a quick line somewhere where C-3PO says, I need to go take care of this arm? He he says something along the lines of, "Yes, I really should get uh, get my old arm, repl- or my old arm back, or yeah, something along right, those lines." Right. Yeah. Okay, so there's something. There's a reference to taking care of the arm, and then we right. see the arm is taken care right. of, and then Which, we see another droid that mm-hmm. he was either borrowing an arm from, or they, they right? It's hey, kind of confusing. Yeah, they hey, swapped like party? <laughs> he, he <laughs> said, we were at that keep party it. the other night. You <laughs> took my arm. We we you know if if anybody. Is you know from my generation, so uh, the Brady Bunch where Greg switches jackets with another kid and Greg's jacket, well, in in what Greg thinks is his jacket, but it's another kid's jacket. There's a pack of cigarettes that fall out, but they're not his cigarettes. Oh no! Jackets got switched. It's the same thing here. There are no cigarettes involved in this, but the arms get switched, and CPO is like, "Oh, I think you accidentally picked up my arm, and I took your arm. We need to switch our arms back." So you know what? You want to hear the actual story? Okay. So C-3PO was actually, um, he, he, he actually joined the First Order. And this other red droid had been captured. And so he goes and, and decides that he's going to be a good guy again. And he breaks the red droid out and they fly a TIE fighter. But the TIE fighter wrecks. And then at that point, he, all he finds is the other droid's red arm. So he takes the other droid's red arm instead. And then when they found each other again... The, the droid told him that it suits him. So you're making this up. This is not actual <laughs> yeah, totally just made all of Because this sounds, this sounds worse than my idea. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's, I just took the, the Poe and Finn story with the jacket. Right. The jacket. See, the jacket. Just like Brady Bunch episode. <laughs> anyway. So. But again, no cigarettes in this jacket. Right. Right. Or death sticks. So they. they <laughs> so that happens. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then um, they take off. They show up the the island that we hear about from Kylo that Kylo mentioned when he was in uh, Ray's head. So once again, we see that she can yes. see see I things. I didn't pick that up until this mm-hmm. last time. Yes, I'm she sorry, sees girl. things just like her. Uh, well, just like her her dad Luke who saw who who could see her things dad. before. What? Yeah, yeah Luke dad? Skywalker. Luke Skywalker's Ray's dad. Um, and also her grandfather who could also see things it's, it runs in her family the force is strong in my family um mon mothma and <laughs> wow. that explains the british accent i'm telling you no. Do, does mon mothma i can't yes mothma, she does mon mothma does have a, a british accent okay yes she does so english accent so then from there they land and she has to walk all the way up the steps and then she sees Luke. With yeah. that wonderful John Williams score. Yeah. I love Jedi Steps. That's a really good song. I love that. I love... That's my... On another podcast I mentioned, that's one of my... That's like my favorite scene is at the very end. hmm Just because she takes that long journey, like you said, the Jedi Steps. Which is great because we, you know, we hear... That's the thing that we've sort of heard beforehand and it was uh, restated in this film, but where... Obi-Wan says to Luke, you know, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. Talking about your first steps to being a Jedi, so that we mm-hmm. have the Jedi steps. She has to actually mm-hmm. walk up, you know, more of that, um, m- more of that, uh, that storytelling stuff, you know, where, y- where you're actually seeing it, but it's also, um, 
there's that that deeper meaning. It's the start of her journey. Mm-hmm. This movie led her there, so it ends this movie, but it's the start of a new journey for her, and she finds Luke. And I love just that shot of the back of Luke in his cloak, and this cloak looks old and dirty, mm-hmm. and then he just slowly turns around, and there he right. is, his face. Right. That old face that mm-hmm. looks like Ben, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, mm-hmm. and the hood comes down. and I mean, it's just... it's. For what that scene is, it's kind of long. I mean, look, in reality, she stood there a long time just holding out. Yeah, for just holding the lightsaber. Yeah, and him not talking. It's yeah. almost like she's gonna like you expect her to go. Okay, this is a bit awkward. Uh, <laughs> well, there, there's <laughs> been a lot of really did. good memes uh, about that as well that, oh, are, really? that are pretty funny. Yeah, go go look for those. So, let me ask you this then about it. She, when, when Luke is there. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's a tombstone at his feet. Uh, I never picked up on that. But have you heard that statement? Mm, I think once I heard someone say People think that it's a gravestone. It's not a gravestone, people. Stop it. No. So here's what I say. He's not looking at it. If you actually look at his where his head is, you can see he's actually kind of like looking out to the the ocean. Mm -hmm. So he actually, once he recognizes Ray's there. He sort of kind of aligns his head and then turns around. He's not looking at that, and you can tell it's just part of the debris from the ruins, and further, there's no, you know, there's no, like, bump where a body would be or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's how I yeah. took it. I took it he was, again, JJ and his cliffs. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I took it that he was just kind of standing there on the edge looking out, like you said, the ocean, mm-hmm. and that just onto me. For all I know, he's looking down down the cliff, down to the shoreline of the Millennium Falcon is there. Quite interesting. And then she shows up behind him. I mean, well, I don't think it, they th- gave that much thought to it. I think it's just more of a visual shot of him standing. See, I thought the Falcon was back on the other side, though, so he wouldn't have been looking on the Falcon. It may be, but the fact that she's gone up a lot of steps, she could have gone mm-hmm. all around. But know, they do she, But they, they do pull back and they show you that the, the whole island, so we can check that and see for sure where yeah. the Falcon is. But again, I don't think they gave thought to that. Like, I don't think that when they shot that that scene, they're thinking, okay, Luke's looking down. I think it's just mm-hmm. more visual of we want to have him, as she comes up, he, right. see the back of him and the ocean out in the distance. And I will say that, but if he, if he was looking at the Falcon, then I bet he was sitting there just thinking, what a piece of junk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I bet I could fly that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, man. That's the movie. And we gotta wait uh, a year and a half till we can get the the conclusion. We, we will get some uh, Rogue One in the meantime, but you know we got a year and a half to go before we get get anything else. Yeah, this is the uh, first movie we've had that's credits come up saying based on Star Wars created by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, Rogue One is next. Uh, that one, I mean. That one's going to be interesting, for sure, because it's not a saga film. Uh, it can mm-hmm. have a different style and feel to it. It's, in some sense, a, it's a prequel. I right. mean, it's a prequel, at least, to A New Hope. Well, but, but, it's but it's, be- in some sense, it's a sequel. It's a sequel to the prequels. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of people go, oh, it's a prequel film. And I'm like, actually, I see it as a sequel film. I, I hope that they make <laughs> From my a, point of view, it's a sequel film. <laughs> I hope they make a film at some point that takes place before The Phantom Menace. 
<laughs> and then we could say the prequels aren't prequels because they're actually sequels to that one. But uh, uh, what was I going to say about Rogue One? Oh, the thing I'm excited about Rogue One is uh, we're going to see the old style stormtroopers again on film. We, we may see Darth Fate. We we're may gonna see. see I was going to say Death Star. We may see the Death Star, but I was going to say we may also see Darth. Yeah, Vader. no, we we know we're going to see the Death Star. We're, There's we're rumor, also going to see Darth maybe, Vader. I heard, I think it was on CBS News this weekend, they mentioned that there's rumor that we could see Boba Fett. I mean, there's just... Well, I think the the Boba Fett thing is one of those things where I I do suspect that we'll see him at some point. Yeah. But because everyone... It's one of those things where everybody knows Boba Fett, so they're like, oh yeah, Star Wars, Boba Fett, we're going to see him, right? And then it just sort of goes there. So I'm always... um, you know, I, I'm always skeptical until I get something official, and then I'll say, "Okay, we got Boba Fett." So that's I would. That's I would also be. hope we see Leia in in some way. Yeah, very very potentially. I mean, you would you would imagine, right? If it's if it's getting those plans, I wouldn't think that they would do that. But then again, maybe not because they don't want to go with someone other than Carrie Fisher. That may be a little difficult. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're going to go with that. Well, they may do a CG. They Carrie could do something Fisher similar something. to that. We we may see a another, which I think could be kind of cool too. If that's going to be the only way that they do it, we may see her as a, a blue hologram. Oh, I see. I love that idea. Well, that would work. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And then I'd love to see the movie end with this this group of rebels get the Death Star plan, hand it off to Leia, or get it to Leia in some capacity. And then they're on Alderaan, and they're like, you know, our job's done. We're going to retire here and live out the rest <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> that would be the worst ending ever <laughs> you're like no you're gonna die now <laughs> oh leave find somewhere else to go yeah all right well this was a fun little journey <laughs> i shouldn't say a little one <laughs> yeah it's another two hour episode but it's cool but that was um it's yeah it's it's a good film and it's fun to talk and speculate and it it's definitely gives you enough Enough there to do that with. Oh, yeah. So, more to come. So, I hope you guys join us again next year. <laughs> next year? It's already the next We're, year. No, well, I should say uh, in December of 2016 oh, yeah yeah that's our we'll next that episode our next film we're taking no, we're a year off <laughs> we're taking a full year <laughs> we've got a, a we've got a lot year. of big plans it's going to take the full year to do it yes and it's going to be a major <laughs> big episode <laughs> now we'll be back again next week so please follow us on twitter at cloud city casino or you can even uh join us on facebook by searching cloud city casino and you can find us there and like our page and uh we're also part of part of starwarsreport.com where you also find our episodes and of course we're on itunes we're on stitcher and we're also on TuneIn. so any of those applications please subscribe and if you're on itunes you know what it would be really cool and this is just, you know, let, let's get personal here. It'd be great if you could give us a five-star review and especially a written one because that helps people find us on iTunes. And the more people that join the party, the better because we like to have a lot of people join the party here in the casino. And we're going to continue to have guests on and we even might even have some of you listeners on at some point because I think that would be a lot of fun. Um so what else we can uh well you can find me on twitter i'm at admiral underscore rex and michael i am also on twitter as morris isley and also 
you know, send us an email. You can do that too. We're cloudseacasino at gmail.com. Yep. If you want us to read it. Or if you don't want to read it, us to read it. You want to like yell at us and tell us we're stupid or something like that. Yeah, believe me, I like good and bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing that Bruce uses my email inbox for. He's like, hey, Michael, you screwed up again. No, I'm like, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> so, in the famous words of a red arm protocol droid. Let the Wookiee win.